Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Careers Mayor podcast with me, Jordan, and my beautiful friend, Jacob. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, thanks. I'm moving house at the moment, or about to move house, so I've been doing a lot of that stuff recently, which has been fun. I went around today, met the landlords, had a look around. It's empty, but I'll have it from Friday next week, and then move in over the course of two weekends, which is exciting. Is it a nice place? It's pretty nice, yeah. It's small, but it's perfectly formed, and it's got a garden, which I haven't had for about seven or eight years. Wow. So I'm looking forward to that. Tend to your lawn, Jacob. Yeah, I will have to do that. (laughs) Get a lawnmower. I don't know why people, I mean, I've only ever used a, uh, like a manual lawnmower. I don't know what the benefit is of having an electric one. What? So you've only used an electric one. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about? It's not what you luddite. It's not the 18th century. What? What are you imagining? Are you imagining that I'm cutting every individual blade of grass with a bit of with some nail scissors or something? Do you mean it's one of the ones you have to push around? There's no motor on it, but it just yeah, it's like a cylindrical thing with blades in it, and you push it over the grass and it moves it. Easy. Why would you want it to be electric? Because it's easier. Yeah, but it's so much more expensive to get one of those than it is to Look, get. It's not. It's not proportionately worth the the extra money for the extra benefit it gives. Jacob, I'm going to have to cut you off. I feel like this is a walking matter for me. <laughs> okay, if you don't get an electric lawnmower, this this is done. Whatever you thought this was, this is over. Okay, I'll go and get one now. Okay, thank you. And whilst you're whilst you're on your way, do you mind introducing our guest for this episode? Well, I mean, I'm. You know, you call me a Luddite. I'm going to order it online. I'm not going to go into a shop and buy one. Who do that? So, yeah, I just ordered it on uh, PayPal and it will be <laughs> arriving any day now. So there we go. Um, but, yeah, no, it's good that I can stay because I need to introduce our guest for today, who is the wonderful uh, Fran Lister, Francesca. Is it Francesca? We'll ask her <laughs> in the episode. No, Francis. <laughs> Francis. Um, so she is a family friend uh, of mine so she is uh, so her daughter was probably the first friend I ever made because we were about we were without one and my mum met Fran um, at some kind of mother and baby group so they're very old friends and she is one of those friends that you can't wait to introduce to other friends <laughs> she was one of the first people when we started doing this podcast that i wanted to get on it and i'm re- really happy that we've managed to get her on on episode five yeah so i kind of want to just get get on with it you know i mean she's she's in the wings should we just go to theme music and straight into talking to fran should we should we just do it yeah let's just do it okay go So, Fran, you and I have known each other for how long now? Well, how old are you, Mr. Jacob? How old are you? You are... I'm nearly 28. 28. So definitely, definitely about 26 years. And I was a little bit shorter than I am now when you first met me. <laughs> a wee nappy-headed boy! <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a big, big nappy-headed boy. Big nappy-headed boy, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and you've met Jordan uh, today. Ah, have I not met yes. him? Good afternoon, good evening, welcome. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> um, and you know how uh, when you grow up, always knowing someone, especially when you're a child, you don't necessarily understand or even know what your parents do or your parents' friends do. Uh-huh. I can think back to particular points of time and remember what you were doing for a job then, but I don't really know the timeline or how it all pieces together. So I'm quite interested uh, to go through it with you and find and fill in all the gaps in my knowledge, because I know that you've done a lot of quite interesting things. I, I did actually do my homework and I did have a little list. I've got, I've, oh, oh, great. I've got my, uh, I've got my CV, which I could pull up, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah, we could just post that instead of posting this episode. <laughs> boring, boring. No man, no. But uh, words cannot express um, a life of <laughs> a life of mine. But um, no, I mean, I think I said at the beginning, um, if the program is called Careers Mayor, then my life has been one long career day mayor. I would say. You did say that I before did. we started recording it, and that boded well for. <laughs> So what was uh, what was your first job back when? Well, when did you get your first job? How old were you? Well, I reckon I had a paper round. That was quite good. That was my first paid job where I got money and I could save Ooh. up and buy my records and my forty fives. What was the paper and how much did you get paid? Definitely, it was the Evening Standard. Oh, okay. So the... you went straight to the national oh, newspaper. Yeah. That, that was my afternoon paper round, and the morning paper round was obviously all the Sunday supplements and. That's if I did it on a Sunday. But, you know, all of the papers to all of the houses every morning. Great. Yeah. And how and uh, how many papers in a round? A big heavy bag that only got lighter when you posted your papers because we didn't do anything like they do in America or we didn't chuck it at the doorstep or anything like that. Oh, they have bags of papers that don't get lighter when you <laughs> when you take newspapers out of them. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we posted it. I posted them to the letterbox. I got lots of lovely tips at Christmas. That was nice. What was your first, like, um, proper job, would you say? Well, I did a job experience in a travel agents. Oh, that's quite a nice place to do that. What, uh, what, was, your, what was your job exactly? <laughs> well, I, was, I stamped the brochures in the back of the, the, back of the shop. Okay. And, um, what does that mean? <laughs> It means that uh, you know, all the brochures that get delivered and people go in and look at the shelves and go, oh, there's a nice uh, uh, sunny trip to a cruise. I'll have that brochure. And then on the back of it, it's got the name and the telephone number of the shop that they got the brochure from. You see, this is in the old days oh, okay. of getting people to come back to that shop to book their holiday. So in some ways, my job was a vital role. And in other ways, it was so annoyingly boring. I wanted to be learning to be a travel agent. I wanted to travel the world anyway, and um, so I think uh, I think I had a, I think I stormed out angrily one day and never went back. <laughs> Why was that? Was that because you'd had to stamp too many brochures in one day, or you're just bored? Too many brochures in one day, and it's like, come on, I want to learn how to be a travel agent, and it was like, um, well, you're only on job experience. And because, yeah, I wanted to travel the world, so I wanted to sort of work out how you did this and did that. Right. But uh, so that that was my first, I think that was my first uh, attitude towards authority. (laughs) (laughs) And did you storm out and then go and travel the world? Uh, In stages. I didn't quite do it straight away. 
So what was next after the uh, job experience? The next was I got a job as a sales rep. It was actually a very good way of leaving home because uh, we sort of worked in an office from London or Bristol and uh, travelled around the country and basically uh, knocking on doors and selling encyclopedias to the to the masses of the ignorant. ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I bring you knowledge. <laughs> Did you... Did you have much <laughs> luck with that? Were you successful with that? Well, Jordan, it was um, hit and miss, hit and miss. I did it for two years. I got to travel all around the Army, Navy and Air Force bases in this country and all of the Army and Air Force bases in probably Germany that were British. So sometimes I'd have to, we'd go on to married quarters, which were inside the Army base. So you're knocking on doors. <laughs> okay. Oh, hello. I'm <clears throat> running a survey today. Uh, would you like to take part? <laughs> and anyway, whatever. I never said it in what? a in a in a French so, sorry, you voice. You weren't. Your job wasn't to sell encyclopedias exclusively to military. I was going to say, yeah. You were. Do, why specifically military bases? Well, you see, <laughs> um, often the they got well. Okay, you want the straight answer or the cynical answer? No. Um, both. Both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> First of all, uh, they were often moving, so there would be new customers coming in uh, in a two- or three-year sort of – because they get posted elsewhere. So there's always fresh meat. And secondly, uh, because they were our army – Sometimes the children, because the excuse, the excuse or the reason was, oh, your children always moving around to different schools. It'd be good to have a solid education in your bookshelf. So every time they need to, every time Johnny needs to know something, he can look up that Caxon's encyclopedia and find out how to make a air balloon or something. (laughs) (laughs) What's an air balloon? What's an air balloon? (laughs) Zeppelin. So Did you, you sold um, encyclopedias to the army that they told them how to make zeppelins. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> did you? You didn't cause the Hindenburg disaster, did you? <laughs> I wasn't born then. <laughs> um, did you? You didn't happen across Hanover in in your days in Germany, ah! did you? Get out the way! Ouch! Sorry, dog was getting stuck in my wires. Um. <laughs> So you sold encyclopedias around yep. the world. Um, yep. To military personnel. To, to military, yeah. I feel like we haven't drilled into that enough, but it's, it's okay, Jordan. I'll take your lead. Let's move on. <laughs> so what was, uh, what was next in the, in, the life of, in the working life of Fran? Well, as I say, I didn't manage to get arrested by the military police, so that was quite good. You didn't. Um, oh, you, okay. I avoided yeah. capture. Why was that? Were you trespassing on the bases? I, I was trespassing on the bases because I was visiting. I was knocking on the doors of the married quarters of the people inside the base. It was like a, it was like a dare. <laughs> See if you can get some appointments inside the base. Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> and then the military police are doing their parole uh, patrols, and it's like. I've got this crappy little briefcase under my arm and I'm just jumping and hiding behind a bush until <laughs> they've gone. Carry on knocking on doors. I've got three appointments. Right. We're going to go back tonight <laughs> in the undercover of darkness. <laughs> Did it pay well, this job, for the risk? 
for the risk and the and the and the pain. Not really. Some people did really well and were able to sell two or three sign ups every evening. I was lucky if I did uh, one a week, I suppose. <laughs> one encyclopedia. <laughs> one one set, yeah, yeah, or two. I think that just kept me in hotels, you know. But <laughs> and, and chips with mayonnaise. <laughs> that sounds quite I nice. Love, I love the travelling life, you know. Yeah. Different hotel, another town, another city. But you think they made a loss from you? <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Oh dear! But then I suppose they they don't exist anymore. The the shops do, but the the encyclopedias because uh, well, it's all gone digital. Isn't it? It's all online now these days. Digital. Mm. And what was next after trespassing on military bases to sell encyclopedias <laughs> to sell one encyclopedia a week to military personnel? I would. I got. I think I'd, I'm a bit blurred about the order of things, but I actually worked in a fast food restaurant called Casey Jones. And they, they they were invented before McDonald's was big. Oh, okay. Was but, it a British um, company? I think it was run by the, the, the people, the British Rail Travel Fair people. Casey Jones, rocking and rolling. Casey Jones. There was a there was a kid's programme and he was a train driver in American, the American West, with one of those big trains with the big snow plough at the front. I was looking him up today as a bit of research for the prog. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he uh, he died by crashing into a freight train. So that was the end of Casey Jones. Well, the, the character quite... in, the, in the children's show. No, it was based on a real-life character. <laughs> he was a train driver. <laughs> it's quite an ironic way to go, isn't it? It's sad, it's yeah. sad. So... So what did they do? They they made a burger restaurant in his honour. <laughs> what? Why? Casey Jones, rocking out of I feel like my drink has been spiked. <laughs> well, yeah. So Kate, I've never heard of this, Casey Jones. No, I guess they're not still I'm around. I'm going to have to look this up now. All major, <clears throat> because of the railway theme, all major railway stations, Waterloo... I don't know. Mine was Liverpool Street, um, Euston, uh, uh, Charing Cross, probably, and then in other parts of the country, Manchester, Piccadilly, Birmingham. Yeah, they were they were all the rage in every every train major train station. Is is you could always get your Casey Jones burger. Right, and what was what was your job specifically there? Well, all, 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 all the sorts of things you do, you know, doing the chips and. Putting the burgers on the grill and watching them cook, yeah, and squirt, squirting on the whatever that stuff is, uh, the gherkin sauce and all that. Yeah, do they use beef um, dripping for the chips in those days? Oh no, no, no. Oh, that's a shame. No, what no do they joke. use? Uh, normal cooking oil, I would imagine. It was it was the late eighties, I believe. Yeah, I'm just uh, sorry. I've just been looking this up. Have you found it? It was a burger chain specifically for train stations, operated, well, was... operated by British Rail. Hmm. You might remember dashing in and buying a great Casey for £1.80. £1.80? One pound eighty. One pound eighty. That was a double, wasn't victim it? Victim of privatisation, I guess. Yeah, sadly, it said that McDonald's branches have replaced many of the earlier burger joints at London stations. I think Burger King took them over and then McDonald's got real big. Ah. Uh... Couldn't what a compete, nice idea. 
Yeah, it was all based on on Casey Jones, the the the, the train driver in America. Yeah, with the feel good story of how he died in a train accident. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, did you enjoy working there? Again, I think I had a, a brush with uh, a bad attitude towards authority. <clears throat> I'm noticing a pattern here, Fran. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I think three months and um, I just couldn't hack it really. And I, what they do when, when the, the peg doesn't fit, they sort of do things like, oh, your till was out by too much pennies today. Right. And you go, no, it wasn't. And then the next day they go, oh, it was under today. And it's like, no, it wasn't. You know, so yeah. I can't be bothered with that penny pinching attitude when your work's are bloody hard. <laughs> 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 just giving people chips and burgers and shit food. I can't believe I did it. <laughs> At least you got a good attitude about it now, though. <laughs> Indeed, I do. Indeed, hasn't changed. It wasn't so. <laughs> right, Jordan. <laughs> I just, I'm glad you can. I'm glad you can reflect on it so fondly. <laughs> I tell you what, actually, um, I went to catering college after that. Oh, okay. Because I, yeah, I wanted to travel <clears> the world, and um, a good way of doing it was knowing how to cook, so that I could yeah, yeah. work anywhere in the world. How did you find that? Um, did you trouble any troubles with authority again? Say, did, you, college? <laughs> did you walk out, Fran? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did have to brush shoulders with the job centre, but they steered me in the direction of a, a city and guilds uh, six month course uh, instead of a year's course. And yeah, Jordan uh, works for the job centre. Oh, yeah, so watch what's your, what's your mouth, Fran. <laughs> I was careful. I was careful. <laughs> Luckily, as I say, I just slid slid around and they pushed me in that direction, so that was good. And what did you, like, I've never, don't think I've ever really spoken to anyone about a catering course before. What is the syllabus on a catering course? Let me think now. Uh, based on the French regret... French Brigade of Cookers. You're trained to become an like, oven. <laughs> uh, like, like the different um, the different sections of the kitchen. I've forgotten all oh, the French. Oh, like sous but, uh, chef like... and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Chef de party. Yeah, chef de party and wee oui, wee. Oui, all of those things. <laughs> oui, yeah. Oui, oui, oui. And so it's nice to know all of that. And then you're learning basic French cooking, not English cooking. And then doing a bit of silver service waitressing, and then boom, off you go into the world, strike forth and cut onions <laughs> <laughs> and create amazing meals in amazing places for amazing people. And uh, <sighs> things like sort of flavours, flavour combinations, those kind of things, did you learn all that there as well? Yeah, they, they had something called food science, so... Uh... It's a bit alchemical, isn't it? Because you're, you're boiling something like an egg and it's it's changing colour and it's going hard. It's amazing. Or you, 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 you've got to fry a steak, but you've got to know if it's rare, medium or well done. It's little tricks, little tricks to find out those sorts of things. And 
I love that. And I love the the short order and the speed and the adrenaline. Adrenaline. <laughs> adrenaline. You know the word. Say it for me. Please. Adrenaline. Thank you. So, yeah, I liked all that. Uh, and it took me to quite a few places, actually. So, yeah, do you actually leave that and then go and work as a chef? I did. I did. I worked as a chef in London, Hereford, in Hong Kong. <laughs> it's got a jump there. London, uh, Hereford, in... Hong Kong. <laughs> Sounds like the side of the yeah. Del Boy's van. <laughs> New, <laughs> New York, yeah. Paris, Peckham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What made you uh, make the jump to Hong Kong? Uh, well, I think I think it was all about um, wanting to travel, really. Um, um, actually, I, I think, actually, what did I do? What did I do? I went to Catering College and then I went to Israel to work on a kibbutz. So I didn't use my catering per se. I worked in the, in the, in the, in the what do you call it? Uh, what's that thing called where they cook food? Kitchen? Not the ki- <laughs> the kitchen, but the sort of back kitchen where you're sort of peeling a hundred potatoes. Oh, okay. Slicing a thousand carrots, yeah. In the kibbutz? But, uh, in the kibbutz. I absolutely loved my time in Israel on the kibbutz. It was absolutely fantastic. Meeting lots of people from all around the world. Oh, I loved it. Drinking vodka and banana liqueur in the sun, in the sunrise. <laughs> Peeling carrots. Yeah. So was oh, is was Israel nice. first before Hong Kong? It was. Yeah. It was. I went went to Israel. I was actually an au pair for a while. Um, oh, whilst you with, were in Israel. With, yeah, that was fun. That was that was great. Were you, were you I, an au pair in Israel at, at the kibbutz, or where were you? Where were you an au pair? I left the kibbutz to become an au pair in Tel Aviv. Ah. So uh, I was I was the uh, au pair to the uh, ambassador of. Australia? Really? Second, second How did you get that gig? Ambassador. Just, just went down the agency and smiled. <laughs> <laughs> so, give me a good job, babies. Because <laughs> my friend, my friend had, we went to the same agency. She was, she had to look after a, a baby from an Israeli family. She had to be up at seven o'clock in the morning, changing nappies, feeding, doing all the baby things. Ah! I had a six and seven year old, and it was so cushy. <laughs> I'd pick them up from school. <laughs> I'd read them stories. I'd play them on the beach. That was my job done. Oh, it was. That sounds lovely. really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So so far we've got <laughs> you did a paper round, and I was on board with that, delivering the even, <laughs> evening okay. standard. Then there yeah. was selling encyclopedias uh, by trespassing on military <laughs> bases all over the world. And then there was uh-huh. going to Catering College, leaving to work in a kibbutz and then becoming an au pair to the Australian ambassador to Israel. <laughs> ambassador? Don't, yeah. don't forget Casey like Jones. That. And Casey Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget Casey Jones. And, uh, <laughs> and obviously working at a restaurant owned by British Rail that is named <laughs> and themed after a man who was killed in a rail accident. <laughs> Here's a train driver. <laughs> Well, those big trains in America. Those, when yeah. I say that back to you, Fran, <coughs> just from an, does that sound? Do you see how that sounds a little bit mad? <laughs> <laughs> Your what? list of jobs so my, far. My life so far. Why? Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> how old were you when you were au pairing in Tel Aviv? I think I must have been about twenty. <laughs> so already by that what? point. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's amazing what? that you did all of that, and you, <laughs> had, and you just turned twenty. Wow! Well, 
that's because I wasn't stuck at school till I was eighteen. I snuck off, so I had a three year, a three year sort of yeah, you know, yeah. twaddle around, going, "What's this thing called life, and mm. how am I supposed to live it?" You know, it's challenging, isn't it? And uh, so Hong Kong. Ah, oh, to earn my money to go to Hong Kong, I did work in a chicken factory for a while. I, I don't know that that's a proud moment in my in my history. I have been vegetarian at times, but you know. Oh, so you um, were snapping their necks, were you? Not quite, not quite. It was, uh, and they got they had a machine to do that. <laughs> I won't go into detail. Did you but... design the machine? <laughs> No, 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 no. That's the sort of thing you do, Jacob. <laughs> or you did do. I don't know what you do now. <laughs> uh, can I just say for the record, I've never done anything like designing a machine that snaps oh, chickens next. you worked at the next snapping factory, Jacob, admit it. You built those monstrous machines. <laughs> yeah, my philosophy degree prepared me well for that. <laughs> So what did you do in the chicken factory? You know those skips that you have that people might put rubbish in? Yeah. You know, well, you'd be sometimes you'd be knee-high deep in your wellies in, in a pit of chicken carcass, carcass eye, carcass, carcasses, uh, chucking them out onto the... It was quite ugly, really. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. It's a dark time in my past. How long you were know. you there for? Uh, I think I did the twilight shift, so uh, six till ten, probably for about six months or something. Ooh, that is so bleak. that, but that gave you the money to then jump to Hong Kong. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. were you so it paid well? Did it? Well, if you want to get somewhere, you you work and get the money, and then you can go. So, but did that pay that was... better than like another job you could have got? There would have been less bleak. Actually, I might have been doing two jobs because I always end up doing two jobs. I think I was probably working in the wine bar in the daytime and then doing the chicken factory in the nighttime. So spending all my life working to be somewhere else, to not have a social life because <laughs> I'm always bloody working. No. Ain't um, that the truth? Yeah. So you got to Hong Kong. Got to Hong Kong. Got to Hong Kong. Hong, Hong Kong was lovely. I mean, I don't know how long I've been going now. I don't want to bore the world with my... But um, that's a bit cheeky saying um, everything described so far is a bit bonkers. Jacob, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it was then? You think that's... <laughs> that's just an average life, is it not? <laughs> well, if it is, then I am well below average in terms of having an interesting career. I guess that's why I do this podcast, so I can live vicariously through other people's interesting, mad careers. I agree with you there. And... um. Uh, I know I'm skipping a bit, but we could digress later. But I'd love to do a job where I'm interviewing people on the radio. It'd be great. Oh, you'd be good at that. <laughs> you would be, Fran. From the short time talking to you, you would, you would really be good at that. Oh. But we can cover that later. I'm jumping yes, ahead, I do believe. Yes, Jumping um, ahead, yeah. So we, we, I, we, we still want to hear about Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, so Hong Kong. What do you do in Hong, Hong Kong? Kong? Hong Kong is where I learned to speak German, <laughs> as you do. I think that's the wrong place, Fran. <laughs> Yet another left turn. <laughs> because I was working at a German bar, so uh, lots of German men like with a ger A German-themed bar or an actual German bar? like Selling German beer, selling all the lovely German beers that they do. Hence it being a German beer bar. 
beer bar, a German beer bar. Yeah. A schnoob. They call them schnoobs. <laughs> beer schnoobs. Beer schnoobs. And sprichst du Deutsch? Ein bisschen. Ich ich vergessen or ich mache nachgenabs what I don't know. In Janglish. I had the pleasure of speaking to a German only but a couple of weeks ago in Glastonbury. And I pulled a little bit of German out of my many multi-language is brain compartment. I asked him, can ich mukta? No, hang on. Mukta ein Flasche offnet bitter. <laughs> which, <laughs> Jacob means, looks which means what? <laughs> Could you open my bottle, please? Oh. <laughs> so how many languages can you speak, Frank? Oh, I can't speak any, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... A smattering of words in about five languages. It's not helpful, really, if I actually went there. Do you know any Chinese? Uh, what does that mean? What's that? Where is the toilet? <laughs> oh, that <laughs> sounded much one. more impressive. That's, yeah, than... that's quite a, that sounds like an important one. <laughs> so this German bar, I'm trying to picture what it's like. Is it, um, I'm imagining the waitresses are all dressed in kind of traditional German Fraulein kind of costumes, but I might be going off piste. I think it's because once Jordan and I went to a stag do in Liverpool, we went to a German bar. Kaiser and it was very much, yeah, yeah, and it was very oh, much that kind of thing. Uh, what kind of thing was it in Hong Kong? Oh, well, you 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 had the pleasure of being re uh, re uh, what's the word um, reenacted uh, 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 Oktoberfest. So every time you went to the Kaiser Keller, you were you were singing and drinking beer songs. No, well, we could dance on the tables. That was that was the <laughs> bit I loved the most. Was that they yes. encouraged you to dance on the tables? Yeah, uh, but it wasn't like that in the German bar because it was for businessmen that would go over and miss Germany so much they needed their bratwurst, mit Kartoffeln, and their beer uh, Kronbacher or something like that. I loved working in there. I loved chatting with the people. I loved the tips. And that actually the tips I got from working there took me off to Malaysia and Brunei and you know. Oh, what a life of freedom I led. <laughs> so oh. did you did you work at all when you travelled around Malaysia and Brunei and places like that? No, that was just for fun. That was, that was just funsies. that was a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Work in Hong Kong and then do a little bit of traveling, yeah. And then did you return to Hong Kong or where did you go after that? Went back to Hong Kong, did some more work in the restaurant and the hotel and the bar and whatever. I was going to go to Australia and I was just about to nip in before they um, uh, you get a working visa below a certain age. And I would have just snuck in if I'd have carried on. But I think I'd been traveling a bit too long and I just felt a bit homesick. Homesick. So you came home. I came home. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been away about 18 months. And where so. was home for you at the time, Fran? Uh, Brentwood in Essex. So what did you do when you came home? Uh, oh, yeah. Did, did a lot of chefing jobs. I worked in um, uh, film studios. I worked in uh, Sony Music. Uh, I did... I cooked... I've, I cooked for people that were making videos um in the studios and 
It's in like those big catering trolleys you see in films, or like they lay it all out for the for like the crew. Some of that, but not yeah. Some of that, yeah. Uh, I did do I did do a buffet a buffet for Michael Jackson. What? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, he never turned up. Aww. but it <laughs> was it because of the buffet? This is a shame. He took one look it and he took one of the look buffet, and he walked out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. He was far too. He was far too big to come and eat my shoe buns. There were ducks <laughs> on, on an aspic lake pond. <laughs> so what? But what was he there for? Why he was promoting his history album? Oh, okay. And he had a he had a two hundred foot statue that was on a barge coming up the Thames, and they had to open. Oh, I remember. Tower no, Bridge. I don't remember that, but I've looked back and seen, seen it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was one hell of a a promotion mm. for your album. <laughs> so his people got in touch with the place he worked and said, "We want a buffet," and then you excitedly prepared it, and then he just didn't show up. Well, no, he was signed to Sony's label. He was signed to the Sony label, and I worked for Sony Music. Oh, so all the art- okay, right. Yeah, you see. So all the artists that were signed to them would sometimes pop by and have a meal in the director's dining room. or But he had something like better yeah. to do. And uh, I did have the uh, the surprise when I worked in the film studios, among other people. I, I was busy... I worked there on my own. I worked like a dog. I worked. I did every job. I was, oh, my goodness me, I worked hard. And uh, I just uh, sweating away at the cooker one day and I turned round and there was boy George looking at me. <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. So I said, oh, um, we've got a nice vegetarian mm. curry on the menu. <laughs> what did he say? It's got chickpeas in it. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. I'll have some of that because you know, you know, you hear shit about them and you go, oh, he's a vegetarian, isn't he? I'm so glad I did a vegetarian dish today. You didn't get out a, a chicken and snap its neck in front of him and say, here you go. Here you go, up. boy. <laughs> that is your real name. Yeah, right. <laughs> How, what was Boy, boy George like? Because I have heard um, that he sometimes was uh, could be a little bit on the arrogant side. Well, I'm not. I'm not one for telling tale, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you because literally, I, I, I fluffed my lines and said, "Oh, I've got chickpea curry on the menu," and then didn't really know what else to mm. say to him because it wasn't, you know, I was the cooker and he was the. Eater. You were the cooker. I was the cooker and he was the eater. And he's like, this is what you've got to eat. See you later. I, mean, I don't know what to say. I think now. it'd be quite hard to... Uh, it'd <laughs> be quite hard to arrogantly turn down a vegetarian curry. You'd have to be really arrogant Absolutely. if your arrogance was spilling into even anodyne exchanges like that. And I would have picked it up. I would have picked up his arrogance because yeah. I have a radar, a radar for sensing things really? like that. Um, Tell us more about that. Well, not really, no. No, 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 no. But um, <laughs> that's trade secrets, Jacob. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> trade secrets, trade secrets. Well, I think I think I left that job um, with my uh, with my food mixer in my arm, crying at the bus stop. <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> oh, I just had enough because I'd been working really hard. You have to think up new menus every day, and it's quite every sort of day. stressful, really. My gosh. Yeah. 
as inventive as I am, um, I, I sort of ran out of ideas and it became a sort of uh, quite a mental health issue. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I going to cook today? <laughs> I th- Were you... Were you making up dishes that didn't already exist? Did you like run out of real dishes and have to make them up or or what? Well, I think you order food, you sort of go, what am I going to cook today? And in the end, you just sort of cobbled something together and gave it a name that made it sound good. You know. That's so can the... you give us your top three culinary inventions? Um, oh, God. Oh, probably one of them would be something like a, a medley. <laughs> But I was taking the piss out of myself. Uh, a medley of vegetables with a a bouffant of uh, dauphinoise potatoes. No, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. But, uh, you can't remember any dish you've ever made. Well, they were insignificant and you just gave them a name to sort of puff them up a bit, you know. What was your um, What was your favourite dish to make? Or what is your favourite dish to make? I don't know. I, hate, I hate cooking. I, I I went right off cooking. I I did it every day of my life. I went off it. So um, nowadays I just sort of go to the fridge and sort of never know what I'm going to eat from day to day, really. But something turns up. I have heard that from chefs that I've known. Really? It does feel like a bit of a busman's holiday that you cook all day and then you get home from work and you think, I cannot be bothered to cook for myself now. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Can you tell us what you uh, had for lunch today? Um, I can actually. Uh, I had some rats. <laughs> Just for a moment, I thought you said rats. And that... <laughs> no, not rats. Raps. <laughs> what, what was in the wraps? Uh, Moroccan hummus, which is my favourite. Salad, uh, coleslaw. Uh, is that it? Yeah, veggie wraps, vegan wraps, veggie wraps. Nice. I made uh, I made some wraps last week, um, which were portobello mushrooms <gasps> and peppers nice. and onions and some and some spices. Ooh, that was that was nice. Yeah, nice gooey cheese in there as well. That would that yeah. would top it off. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> lovely. Bit of guac, bit of salsa. Nice, because yeah. food is a pleasure, and to be excited to cook lovely dishes is is great but if you're doing it every day you lose a bit like being in the care profession yeah care it's, it's something i've only gotten into later <laughs> later in i say later in my life recently basically um because i never oh, honestly if you saw what i ate back in uni really? I, i'm so i how i didn't get scurvy or rickets or something i don't know um <laughs> It was just curry out of the tin Ooh. and microwavable rice and fro- oven pizzas and pasta and just basic yeah. beige. It was beige. It was all beige. beige. Yeah. yeah, and it's only recently that I've realised that actually food can and should taste nice. <laughs> if, <laughs> when I make when I make it myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good! You've discovered yeah. the the wonder of the the whole food thing because yeah. it's massive so do you like going out to restaurants or how do you enjoy food these days if you don't enjoy cooking um well i did treat myself to the ivy in exeter 
uh, not so long oh, yeah. uh, last year sometime. That was a, uh, but I tell you, more than the food, I really love the toilets. I had to take pictures of the toilets and I had to take pictures of the, the wallpaper in the toilets. Oh, it was just divine. It was great. Are they, is it, is the Ivy posh? Is it the nice? The Ivy's posh. It is a bit of a, turning into a bit of a corporate chain, but, but um, yeah, they, they do nice food and they, they create a beautiful environment to eat it in. So it's all good. So I think I'm right in saying that you didn't, you haven't remained a chef throughout your entire career, have you? No, no. I what interrupted that uh, that particular endeavour? Well, I think I've I've burnt a lot of bridges in my life and sort of gone right. I've done that now. What shall I do now? Um, and I sort of, uh, uh, I was at Sony Music, was I? And uh, I said, right, that's it. I've had enough. I'm leaving. So I had a really nice leaving do and went to Hawaii, I think. Yeah, I went to Hawaii to do some Tai Chi with Master Dong. And um... Okay, hang on, before we move <laughs> on from that. Right, you can't, no, we, we have to. Master Dong? That was his name, that was his name, because <laughs> he's Chinese, so it's okay, okay to be called Master Dong. Okay, how long were you studying Tai Chi for? Oh, I probably did it for about five years when I probably when I went to London when I was in London because I did uh, shiatsu, I did tai chi, I did massage, um, yeah, and then I went to Hong, uh, then I went to Hawaii. I didn't know what I was going to do or where my life was going to lead. It was one of those moments where you go, right, I've had enough of this. What's the universe going to supply? What's going to happen? And then I came back to England and. Uh, I was, uh, uh, <laughs> I was expecting a baby. <laughs> oh, lovely! Oh. It's like, how did that happen? Uh, so that was that was the end of my catering career uh, for a while. Oh, was it? Yeah, probably haven't done much since. Oh, I did actually, but that's another story. But uh, yeah, so I became a <laughs> mummy. Not uh, Egyptian kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> is that in is that are you planning for that? <laughs> like that, that is that gonna be your dream job when we come on to that <laughs> Actually. It'd be nice and relaxing, wouldn't it? Lying down in a sarcophagus wrapped in bandages all the time. Uh I wouldn't want to be dead though. Not just yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that I'm sorry. Caught you, that caught you right with a mouthful of water, didn't it, Jacob? <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot that being dead was part of the job description of being a mother. Um, sorry, yeah, so you, you became a mother, which is, of course, possibly the hardest job there is. The hardest job there is, but the best job. Uh, the gift Aww. of life. The gift of life is such a gift. Yeah, I know, obviously, um, I wasn't quite ready for it, but who is? Who is? Who is? It's the most uh, amazing thing to, to create life, um, a person that walks and talks and grows up. It's truly amazing. So did that um, that put the old job stuff on pause for a bit? Oh, it was it? lovely, well, Jordan. I didn't have to work. <laughs> it was like, yes, yes. I'll have a few years off being a mum, thanks, and uh, <laughs> that'll do me nicely. <laughs> but it's not, it's not time off, is it? No, it's not. Not really. It's not time off, but it's... It's uh, obviously it's hard graft, but it's not. Um, oh, I've got to get up and get on the tube and go to work and earn some money to pay the rent. It's it wasn't debt slavery. It was uh, 
at motherhood, let's say, yeah. How old is your is your uh, your child now? My shining light is 27. 27. Mm. So Jacob, you're 28. Uh no, I'm 27, but I will be. So Cassie's 2 months younger than me. 2 months younger. Oh, right. Okay. So uh what came what came after right? you, after you were merged out of motherhood? Uh I had some fun and I met some great people. I was really lonely living in a little town in the middle of Somerset. And uh, the good thing about being a mum is you sort of have to... You meet people through going to child and baby things. So uh, Mm. uh, my life was quite miserable until I went to a a nice day centre place where there was lots of mums. And I met Jacob's mother. (laughs) She saved Mm -hmm. me from madness. (laughs) 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 The madness of single parenthood. She saved me. We became good friends and there was a good group of us. There was a good group of friends and uh, we all had little babies and uh, now they're all big babies. Was there a lot of um, play dates and days out and things like that? All of that lovely stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, uh, Jacob's mother was very good at looking after my daughter and hopefully I reciprocated by looking after Jacob suitably well <laughs> so we could go off and do did, things. Did she, Jacob? Well, you can just look at the the current me and work backwards. <laughs> I didn't scar him. A job life. well done, I'd say. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. I was in a play once. I did trod the boards. I did trod the boards, Jacob. I know, and I want you to tell us the name of that play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my... <coughs> it was called... Agatha Krusty and the Village Hall Murders. <laughs> Agatha Krusty. Agatha Krusty. <laughs> <laughs> and Fran, with this one, I really want you to give us all the details here, please. Oh no. What were what was the play? What was your role in the play? Everything. <laughs> well, it was my first ever play, so I'd really love to be able to look back at it and see if I was any good or not, but I was in such fear, I really don't know what my performance was like. But I had to, it was a, a Agatha Christie, obviously it's a sort of spin on Agatha Christie. Um, village. <laughs> yeah, we got that. Yeah, I got that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> village Hall Murders, you know, sort of, you know, a bit like Midsummer Murders. But no, I had to play t- uh, two characters. I had to play uh, Olivia and Olive. Uh, Ol- 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 Oliver? Oliver and Olivia. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> So two two sort of posh country types, you know. So I had to sort of be like a, one of the two fat ladies on on uh, on the telly that does the cooking. I, that was that was my Olivia sort of. And Clarissa Dixon Wright. That's the one. So I ins- took my inspiration from her for Olivia, and then I just played a sort of posh knobby kind of an Oliver mucking about with his shotgun in the countryside. Yes, but none of us were murderers and. I had purple hair at the time, and so I had to keep changing from a skirt to a jacket to a hat to a shotgun. You know how you do the quick turns at the back of the stage and come back with the wrong prop. <laughs> and this was uh, this was this wasn't on the West End, was it? This was Amdrow. <laughs> Amdrow in Bournemouth. Ah. Oh. I'd play in the West End if anybody had have me, but no. <laughs> Did you ever do the pavilion, Fran? Um, I've done the the bright lights of the pavilion. 
<laughs> no, I actually have I sung at the pavilion. Uh because I'm in a choir, so I have sung in a few nice places, but actually no, not the pavilion. Oh, have you ever done the because uh, I know sometimes they do the bandstand in Bournemouth Gardens, don't they? They sometimes have music acts there. Yep, done that one. Uh Lighthouse nice. Pool, we did a thing. Uh we we I was at the Lighthouse a couple of months ago, would you oh, know? Oh were you? What did you see? Yeah. I saw some comedy. Hey, you weren't in it then? No, no. I was sat there thinking, this is rubbish. I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Um, it was, well, it was, it was South Coast comedy. So it was like, a, it was a few different acts who I'd never heard of before. But yeah. It was pretty good, actually. Um, but yeah, Lighthouse is good. It is good. Yeah, good yeah. venue. Can you um, give us a, a sample of the voices you used for your characters? <laughs> oh, God. Um Oliver, <laughs> where's the where's the teacup? <laughs> oh, so your two characters would talk to each other. Well, they were brother and sister, so it would. But you'd uh, you'd have conversations tough, when you were playing both. Yeah, well, yeah. I just they were twins, you see, so it made sense for one person. Well, at the time, the director, whoever thought it would be a good idea, or perhaps it was part of the script. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a heavy weight for you to bear, Fran. Oh, it was hard. It was hard. And as I say, <laughs> I had purple hair at the time, and I had to sort of swap over the hats and the scarves and the skirts and the jackets. And I think at one point I came out without my hat on, so I've got purple <laughs> hair. <laughs> it's like, mm, that's not in keeping with either of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I did do I did do a course in sound healing. I did do a. I was going to bring this up. Actually, How are you? So I'm glad you mentioned it. Okay. Uh, what for the for the listeners who don't know what is sound healing? Using various instruments in a relaxed atmosphere where someone see if you're playing a gong. Have you ever been to a gong bath? No. Okay. No. No, no water is involved. It's about sound oh. waves. So you might be surrounded by three or four gongs and you just lay back and you listen to the sound of the gongs because they sort of uh, do things to your brain. They sort of uh, synchronise the hemispheres and uh, take you off into a lovely space of discordant sound. It's lovely. And uh, Oh, so is it almost like a meditative definitely. thing in a way? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you would be laid on a bed and then there would just... Would there be several people around you, like playing gongs, or is, is that? I'm trying to picture it in my head what it would look like. Okay, uh, if you're if you're leading a gong bath, then it's generally one or two people with three or four gongs, or just one person with one gong, depending. Gongs are really beautiful instruments, uh, um, and then whoever how many people turn up, just lie down on the floor and receive the lovely sounds that come through when you play. To be honest, Fran, it does sound like pretty much the opposite of relaxation to be lying <laughs> in amongst gongs, which are not famous for being soothing things. You know, like I think, um, you know, if I was sleeping and someone started, you know, like gently massaging my shoulder or something, I probably wouldn't wake up and I probably or I'd feel like that was part of the experience of, you know, relaxing. But if I was asleep and someone hit a gong next to me, I'd probably leap out of bed. Well, I guess... <sighs> I suppose it depends on the way you play it, doesn't it? Absolutely, Jordan. Absolutely. Yeah. You wouldn't be banging it like they do in the um, advert for the film company. 
Yeah, that's what oh, I was thinking that's of. What I was, yeah, I was trying to remember what the name was of that company. Because I remember being a kid and my granddad would always watch films where that was the opener and I always used to think, oh, this has got, this is going to be a good one. Yes. As soon as I'd hear the gong being banged, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the company, but yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking it's about. It's escaped me now, yeah. No, no. So how long have you been doing that for? I think I did did that in 2016, I think. Uh, did a course, a week's course in it, which was lovely with the, the gong master, Don Conroe, who's absolutely lovely, 90... 90 uh, master gong. Ma- a master gong player. <laughs> master gong as opposed to master dong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But, yeah, he's 93 now and uh, he's still teaching and playing the gong and travelling around the world and... His his dream is to train as many people as gong players as possible and to play them around the world to create world peace. How many would you... What's the critical mass of <laughs> gong players to achieve world peace? Well, that's a good question. There's many, many gongs around the world that are waiting to be played for such an occasion, big ones in temples and things. Um, but actually, uh, because of that, we did the... I think I might be in the Guinness Book of Records. Oh, Go on. 2018 or, or 2019, I'm not sure, but we, we gathered as gong players and played a sequence of patterns on the gong as a as a like a 200 gong players in the same room at the same time. Oh, wow. That sounds like a real racket. It's not <laughs> a racket. It's the sounds that you can get from a gong. God, they're I'm just imagining rich. 200 of those men from the, um, <laughs> from the film Ident all at once. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's, you, you can get a, oh, some beautiful sounds out of the gong. <laughs> so um, should we hit the metaphoric gong and Let's. enter into the dream job section of the yeah, podcast? Yeah, I'll put, I'll put a little gong sound effect in mm-hmm. here during the edit. You, we all heard that gong there, didn't that we? That was gorgeous. Yes, that was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Just before we get into it, Fran, do you, uh, you know, your your life's taken lots of interesting twists and turns. Mm. Do you do you, now after having learned everything that you've learned from your life? Do you have a job that, if you could go back in time and start your career over again, that you would do? Um, do you do you have a dream job in mind already? Well, I've got a list. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got a list here. Um, but no. Uh, when I was a kid, the big thing to do was to to record all the music off the off the of the chart show on a Sunday and play being the DJ. Um, so you'd stop the tape at the end of the song before they spoke. Yeah, my mum and dad have told me about yeah. this. You had to be really quick with it, didn't you? Yeah, to that's right to stop bloody uh, <laughs> yeah. whoever the DJ was butting in at the end. Yeah. Um, but no, that was that was great. So I think when I left school, it's like well. I'd love to be a journalist or I'd love to be uh, a travel writer or I'd love to be a DJ TV presenter. No, not a TV presenter. I should have applied to uh, I should have applied to Blue Peter, shouldn't I? That would have been fab. <laughs> Fran, you I feel like you would have smashed on Blue Peter. <laughs> uh, but I wasn't the person then that I am now. I was too shy mm. back then. Never too late. Never too late. Never too I've late. never known you to be shy in nearly 30 years. <laughs> well, maybe not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am deep down. Deep down, I'm a, 
Maybe like uh, we can try to home in on some things by talking about your general kind of preferences about how. So how? So because obviously no one wants their life to be just work. Hmm. Um, so how? Like for starters, what kind of working hours would you have in your ideal job? Uh, well, in my ideal job, I wouldn't do a day's work. I wouldn't work at all. I mean, I've done enough of that in my life. God's sakes, I'd want to play and travel and uh, see the okay. world and go to luxury spas. And Would you like to be like one of those people who gets really high up in a company and all they seem to do is travel around and stay in hotels <laughs> and go to meetings where they talk about you know, nothing in particular, and then they go back to the hotel Damn, and they go Jake. out for dinners. Would I, can you imagine me doing such a job so boring? I'd have to well, do... I sorry, sorry to cut in. I Earlier you mentioned, Fran, that you would love to interview people. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. I wonder whether we could... Incorpor- well, you've said about journalism as well. Mm. So would there be something in that where you could travel the world interviewing interesting people Maybe maybe interesting people for things like their memoirs or biographies or things like that, where you could learn about people's lives. No, UFOs, <laughs> ancient civilizations. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about people's biographies. No, no, no. I'd travel, go to Machu Picchu and uh, go to Mount Shasta and look for look for UFO sightings and things like that. You know. Ancient aliens yes, and things like that. Yeah. Yes, that would yeah. be the way. My, those, dad, my dad's big into yeah. those programs. Yeah, I've watched a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> and those uh, those those lines in the desert is it in uh, Nazca lines in, in Peru? Yeah, 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 Peru. So you could, so you'd almost be like an investigative. I can never say that word. Investigative Tim. journalist. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to do yeah. that. I'd love to be a Graham Hancock. Yes. Yeah. Undigging. What's that magazine? Is it uh, my stepdad? used to read it 14 times i think oh, okay. and they had lots of they had lots of things like that in it so would you have your own how would you just so when you'd written this stuff how would you distribute it would you want a hard copy like magazine or newspaper or would you want a news website or or or, or a news channel or a radio show I just, Actually, I'd be quite happy on a radio show. Be quite happy, yeah. Like a pirate radio show. Better, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> You'd broadcast yeah. from a like, uh, you know, they they used to find these, um, uh, you know, pirate radio broadcasters would find these, uh, oh, like boats on the sea, forts yeah. or things, or boats off the shore. Yeah, radio Caroline, yeah, yeah, somewhere off the coast of Essex. Well, you might have to be a little <laughs> bit, yeah, somewhere off the coast of Essex. That's right. That was that was Radio Caroline. Yeah. But um, uh, well, again, I might have to use my skills as of, of evading the the police because if I'm delving into UFO mysteries, then oh, maybe the military yeah. might turn up. Bringing that back in, bringing yeah. that back in, yeah. Because you've dodged them once or twice, you can do it again. Do it again, absolutely <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And then if they do catch you, you can just give them, sell them an encyclopedia and pretend that that's your job. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> that's your cover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Area fifty one. Area fifty one. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. This is okay. this is coming together quite nicely. Then I feel like, and also because I know you quite well, obviously, Fran. Yeah. This this does gel quite nicely. Are you imagining that? Because I'm imagining that in this scenario, it would be quite hard to make a decent kind of profit from running a kind of pirate radio show. Mm. 
um, about these kind of phenomena. So you imagining you might have a kind of patron or something, or what if the aliens paid you? Oh, ideal. Ideal. <laughs> <laughs> if they paid you in space credits or something, you could convert to. So you're not anti alien, <laughs> you're pro alien. Pro alien, absolutely pro alien. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they, but then it's, but then, ah. Then the problem is, is that if you're being paid by the aliens, then people might not see you as being an impartial journalist. Oh, you're right yes. there. They might think you have an alien bias from <laughs> So it, it would they mm. would the aliens would have to pay you through lots of very secret accounts that go through the Cayman Islands <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> well or the space equivalent of the Cayman Islands. That, Pluto? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> offshore accounts in, on Pluto. <laughs> Would you like to go into space, friend? I'd Just... love to go into space. Wouldn't it be amazing? Did you see... Um, I'm a lover of the Star Trek series. And bless his cotton socks, um, William Shatner, at the age of 90, went up in Blue Origin a few years ago. Did any of you see it? No. No, I missed that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So basically just a sort of pod-like thing that gets shot up into space. But here's a question. Now, here's a question. If you shoot a rocket up into space and then they're up there and they're looking down and everything's going on and William Shatner's going, oh, my God, how, how, how fragile the Earth is. He was so moved. But when you come back down again, right, if the Earth is spinning at 3,000 miles an hour... Then how can you land in the same place? Well, because wouldn't you, when you get fired out because of the Earth's orbit, you'd sort of no, because you're just going with... up. You're just no. going up. They they're just just going up for a fun shoot up into the air, and then a slow. I guess descent. you could say the same thing. Where if I, if I just jump in the air, why doesn't the Earth shoot away from me at three thousand miles an hour? Well, it is a mystery in my world. Well, it's I got think Jordan it's, thinking. Well, no, I t- well, no, I t- yeah, I take Fran's point because if you're if you're far enough away from the Earth, you know, if you if you jump off the ground, you're so close to the Earth, it's not going to make a difference. Uh, well, well, yeah, because you're also within the Earth's gravitational pull. Yeah. So was he when he got fired out? Was he outside of? Oh, I don't know. No, he's inside well, I think the don't capsule. Know now, Fran. Sorry, I, I can't help thinking these things. Has he gone into orbit? No, literally. Has he gone that far? No, look it up. He's it's, just look it up. It's Blue Origin. It's uh, Jeff Bezos is right, one look, of his uh, things. Well, I mean, they do have engines as well, so they can move around and navigate back to where they came from, I presume. But I don't think that we're going to be able to get to the bottom of that one <laughs> without having it without having a an astronaut on the podcast to explain it to us. This context was what struck Shatner the most. And he's quoted as saying, it was the death that I saw in space and the life force that I saw coming from the planet, the blue, the beige and the white. And I realised one was death and the other was life. Wow. You see, he was so moved. Bless his heart. There he was playing Captain Mm. Kirk for all these years. And then he was blown up into space when he was 90. And it moved. But he's kind of dissing the aliens there, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) It must it it must feel so oh, I don't know just so isolating being up there and looking down on Earth and thinking wow that's <laughs> I'm I'm so far away from everyone I know and ev- and everything I know I don't I just, see thinking about it like that I don't know if I would want to go into space I feel like it would be too existential for me yeah maybe maybe mm. I mean that that guy that did that thing where he shot up 
Or did he go up in a an air balloon? Oh and yeah, then the let jump go. Felix Baumgartner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> and then and then that you're going cool. down, you're shooting that down like cool, a bullet, yeah. and then you faint. And then, oh, my mm. God, you're still coming down like a bullet. And then hopefully you wake up again before you pull your back. Would you do that, Fran? No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? And that's not on your bucket list. It's not on my bucket list. I wouldn't do that, no. How, would you so, do it for uh, 100 grand? No, that, no, a million. A million? A million. Mm. I, I different. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's listening to this podcast who wants to pay Fran a million pounds to... <laughs> Do the Felix Baumgartner thing, oh. jump. Then, if Red Bull are listening and want to get someone else to do it, so Fran, yeah. I one one thing that I've been thinking is with with the journalism that you want to do and you want to investigate ancient aliens and and these phenomenons. What what's the message that you want to give to people? What's the the you know what do you what do you want the world to know through your journalism? Oh blimey! Uh, come on, grow up, people. There's a there's a galactic world waiting to be discovered. Stop pissing around with your petty wars, you criminals. Stop <laughs> popping guns off and killing people. Come on, grow up, people. There's there is there's a whole universe to explore and there's a whole different races to be met and uh, and it's going to happen soon. I'm really hoping. So um, this traveling around the world. Uh, I guess a lot of it's South America, by the sounds of it, or Area 51, in the Americas anyway. But would the dream job also involve being able to have the occasional trip out in space? Uh, well, one of my other jobs that I'd like to be is an estate agent. <laughs> well, <laughs> that did not, Maybe that was can... complete non sequitur from what I just said. I know! <laughs> can we can we marry the two? Oh, I hope so. And if in a world where we can settle on other planets, because it it feels like that might be coming soon with Mars mm. in our lifetimes, maybe you could be the estate agent that, <laughs> that, that sells the properties on Mars. I'm sorry, great. Jordan, but I can't I can't take that in my stride as much as you. I need to go back and ask Fran, what do you mean? <laughs> Why do you want to be an estate agent when we've just been talking about you investigating aliens? Well. I don't know. I mean... Can a woman not dream, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let me dream. <laughs> um, well, I think... I, well, I think if you if you go up in space, then you've got a good view of the Earth, so you could go, that might not might be a nice place to live. What are the houses like at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I was looking on Google Earth the other day and I zoomed in on this house, which is on the river near uh, Southampton. My God, the architecture. Yeah, but if you were in space, you couldn't do that, could you? You couldn't zoom in on the and look at a house by the river in Southampton. Well, if you had the Hubble telescope. Yeah. Yeah, but that's looking could, out yeah. into space, isn't it? Not at the. Well, spin it round. It's in space. <laughs> just turn, just turn it round and point it at Southampton. Okay, so, <laughs> so it's part of it then when you're going up into space on your occasional trip to go and do some journalism. Yeah. You might drop by the Hubble telescope and turn it round so it's pointing at the Earth, and then have a look, <laughs> have a look for some nice houses, and then <laughs> maybe go and maybe then go and sell those. That'd work. To. <laughs> 
to a particular customer base or just anyone? Oh, I tell you, there, there's, there isn't there a recent program on the telly where they've got estate agents selling posh properties for big money? Have you seen? Sure, there is. No, I haven't. I watched one episode, and there was, what, there was saying... oh, um, oh, selling sunset. Maybe the... is it that Netflix series uh... where it's like in in America? I think they've done ones like... in in posh places in uh, the Mediterranean, uh, maybe America. Mm. Uh, uh, what's the one I was thinking? The, the one it was the one in London, and I my God, I couldn't believe how thick and rude these estate agents were <laughs> to these people that are going to spend really big money. I can't believe it. It's like how yeah. rude. So you, you... You'd be one of the good ones, Fran. Oh, I would be so nice. All the skills I've learned in my life, like talking to people in bars to butter them up, to give me tips, to, to uh, sell an encyclopedia. You have mentioned tips a lot in this podcast. <laughs> oh, have I? <laughs> yeah. And what about, um, what about if the aliens made contact? Would you, I'm assuming you'd want to sell them a, a nice gaff or two. <laughs> uh, oh, I think they already live here, so... They probably... Uh, <laughs> where, do, where do they live? Oh, what they, kind of houses? They are here amongst us. Um, yeah, they all live in Crawley, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of feel like um, we might have to get you to, you know, choose between being an estate agent or being a an investigative... Invest, I can't say it now. Or being an investigative uh, journalist who goes after aliens because... They feel like such different jobs that they're both dream jobs in their own right. And uh, I'm not sure that they marry together particularly neatly. So why don't we explore them a bit more and then you can decide which one you, you want to go for. Unless there's a third option that we need to consider as well. Well, Adventure Holidays kind of combines the investigative journalist bit because Adventure Holidays with a theme to them which is exploring ancient sites, I suppose. Um, I suppose it's an ancient estate agent, surely, because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at ruins, <laughs> necropolis and sarcophagi and sort of saying, yeah. oh, you know, this is how they used to live in the ta- pharaonic <laughs> times. <laughs> and, then, and then who are you selling them to? <laughs> and you're thinking, well, this would be a nice... Place for the island in the kitchen. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, other than that, so I don't know. adventure, ad- adventure. So, are you are you envisioning that you could take a group of like-minded people to one of these places, almost like a guided tour in a way, where you could teach them more about it and show them the evidence there you know yeah why not that'd be lovely that'd be a great job that'd be a great job i'd never be bored i'd be somewhere nice and interesting i'd be chatting to nice interesting people oh that would be lovely wow what are you settling on what you what what, out of everything you've spoken about so far what is singing to your heart the most as your ideal job uh well definitely the first one definitely a tv present did radio presenter um, investigative journalist uh, exploring the mysteries of the world. There's so many more mysteries. Like There's so many more mysteries that we haven't like quite that. discovered. That does sound I, 
Yeah, I'd, what, I'd listen in, Fran. Yay! What, yeah. what, what would be in your, like, toolkit or your, like, what would you take with you when you were going off to do these things? <laughs> Magnifying glass, what ho? <laughs> <laughs> so you can be a crusty. <laughs> a pipe. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> <a deer> stalker. <laughs> so you wouldn't need any avian detection <laughs> gear of any kind? Um, no, because I think it's all about consciousness, so it's being in the right vibration, man. <laughs> so would you bring a gong with you? Why not? Yeah, that would be gong. Good, good, good. <laughs> Quite difficult to lug around, but... It would be, yeah. Oh, it's a dream job. Fran would be flying a private jet. She'd oh, a, okay. She'd have a room in the back for the gong. Absolutely. That the aliens are paying for, yeah. secretly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm giving okay. them a good, good press. Giving them a good press. I guess it might be a little bit of a lonely job, mightn't it? Um, my life has been one lonely road. <laughs> oh, Fran, don't. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> what what would the difference make with this dream job? Would you would you want would you want a friend? Would you want someone to accompany you? Always. I always would just have a little buddy that come along with me. Uh, like some fire and steel. That's right. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Well, um, I think that we might have found your dream job, and that might be that you are an, a travelling investigative journalist who travels the world looking for the signs of alien contact with humans and uh, alien, ancient alien artefacts and symbols and signs that they've left behind. Um, and you travel around... Um, the aliens are secretly paying for <laughs> your hotels and flights and things, uh -huh. but not for any malevolent reason, but because they know that you're helping to get them good PR, basically. Absolutely, because they need a good bit of PR, because what PR do you see about aliens? It's all fear-mongering. Fear-mongering. Mm. Alien v. Predator. Woo! Scary! Um, Independence Day. Independence well, Day. War of the world. To be fair, yeah. Predator doesn't come out great out of Alien versus Predator. <laughs> that is true, but they're they're always oh we must shoot the aliens we must bomb them oh scary scary no yeah there's good ones and there's bad ones. Great. Well, will you accept that job as it is, Fran, or do you need anything else to sweeten the deal? Um, could I get my own personal chef? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Brilliant. We will travel around. Uh, what? Tell us a bit about the ideal person. Uh, well, somebody that can cook shit hot food and, uh, uh, yeah, and be okay to look at. <laughs> <laughs> be okay to look at. Ooh. Um, if you could nice pick, I'm trying to think chef. of famous. I'm tr yeah, I'm trying to think of famous chefs now that would be. Marco Pierre White? No. <laughs> Heston? Oh, actually, no, actually, Marco Pierre White, nice French accent. Maybe I could live with that. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or do you want, like, Certainly couldn't be Jamie like, Oliver. a celebrity? Who could be could Jamie like. Oliver. No, no, all my chips, mate. <laughs> yeah, with his mockney accent. Not yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, um, yeah, we can give that. We can throw that in. I mean, we can we can work out the finer details. It could be it doesn't always have to be the same one because you could switch them out from time to time if you want to try a different chef. 
who looks different on rotation so, that would work for me yeah maybe yeah. to each re- to each area you go you could have a chef for that region uh, the best the best chef of that area i'd get the best food from everywhere i mm. went i like that idea because then you get the real local cuisine yeah like yeah. it like it this sounds great um yeah well i think that that's it and uh will, will you shake our hands on that absolutely on that yes a virtual okay. shake. shake 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 virtual shake 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 your booty. <laughs> Shake your booty. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Fran. It's been great. And even though I've known you for my entire life, I think pretty much everything you said was news to me and I love all of it. So. <laughs> oh, bless you, cotton socks. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Fran. Oh, cool. And, and you, get, Jordan. And getting to know about your, your past and your future. Yeah, like, yeah. there's some of that mm. to be had yet. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Well, uh, take care, Fran, and uh, bon voyage on your trips out into space. <laughs> Why, thank you. Superb. So there we go. Uh, that was very fun. What did you think of that, Jordan? I absolutely bloody love that. Um, what. What an interesting person Fran is. Fran is the kind of person that when I look back on my life, I want to I want to be like that. Someone who's in the moment, someone who's just said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter where it takes me, I'm just going to do it. And yeah, what what an interesting person. Yeah, she was around a lot, especially when I was younger when uh, she lived in Froome as well. Froome, the lovely town in Somerset that I grew up in. So that explains, I guess, why I'm the person I am today. Partly. She's part of it, part of the puzzle. Mm, mm. The influence she had on me. You can tell, can't you? You can tell that I'm quite like her. Yeah, yeah, I've always thought that about you. Um she she's part of the enigma that makes up Jacob. Yeah. The illusion that is <laughs> that is my my good friend Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I mean Charlie Randall, who is our episode, who is our episode. Charlie Randall, who was our guest on the first episode, uh did once say to me that i was a figment of his imagination (laughs) (laughs) i think you are for me as well i wonder whether um you and fran were even here at all (laughs) or if i've just been talking to myself for the past two and a half hours or something (laughs) there's quite a funny bit on the uh footlights review that was televised uh with stephen fry and hugh laurie and emma thompson a couple of other people and it's the first sketch and it's a view from above of Hugh Laurie sitting at a desk talking to a microphone and he says this is the whole sketch he says is anybody there is anybody there this is radio 3 is anybody there (laughs) it's really good goes downhill after that I can't remember any of those sketches but that was a good sketch I like that. Well, I guess you better give a little plug on the old uh, social media. Oh. Or maybe people are sick of hearing the old patter, you know. I mean, go on then. I guess, you know, just go and look. You know, it's not that hard. You know what the podcast called. Go and look <laughs> us up and then you'll get all of it will be easy. You'll get all the content and stuff and all the episodes we post and everything yeah. else. You'll just see it and it'll be easy. So do that. Yeah. Sorry, it's I was calling ma- the thunder there. It's going to, yeah. What you're, you're the worst. Um, it's it's going to make your life a lot easier because 
everyone's lives are crazy. Everyone's lives are hectic. You know, I, I'm guilty of it. I forget when my favorite podcast episodes come out and I think, oh, I've missed an episode. I'm out of the loop. If only I'd followed the socials, the, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, the, the TikTok, then I'd know when the new episodes are out. And also I'd get funny content. I'd get little clips, little teasers, you know, a few behind the scenes bits, a few little photos uh, that the guests send us afterwards as promotional material. Yeah. Check it out. Follow us. Charisma podcast everywhere. You can have a grand old time and you can follow us on this journey. And something else as well, because, you know, episode five now, we're getting into it and we've, uh, you know, we've already recorded quite a few more episodes that are coming out and we're, we're recording more, making sure that we've got more and more kind of recorded for, you know, to make sure that we're not always right at the wire. But we're getting to the point now where if you know someone, if you have a friend or a family friend or a connection or someone who has an interesting job and you think would be a good guest on the podcast, please do get in touch with us on social media send us a dm on instagram is that a thing that's a thing isn't it dm on instagram or twitter or whatever mm -hmm. it is you use facebook even and just let us know because it might be someone that we want to add to our list of guests and that would be really helpful um because obviously we uh we want to get all sorts of people on the podcast um and all sorts of jobs all sorts of ages um yeah so just let us know if you've got someone because everyone's got someone uh, that they know that would that would be a good guest on this podcast, I think. Definitely. And also, whilst you're at it, can you give us a little like and a review on the podcast platform that you're listening oh, to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it really helps to uh, bump us up the old algae rhythm. Give us a review. Give us a five-star review. Uh, give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star review. And don't give us any less than a five-star review. Otherwise, I'll find your IP address and I'll come and I'll kiss your mum in yeah. front of you. You wouldn't like that, would you? No. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, the other day I had a look and on, I think on Spotify or maybe Apple Podcasts, now we had, I saw we had five, five, five-star reviews. And honestly, I fell to my knees and wept when I saw yeah. that. And so happy I was. So <laughs> please make it happen again, folks. And if you think about it, that's, that's 25 stars. <laughs> yeah, out of five. So give us more is, is the point I'm making. It's 500% good. <laughs> that's what this podcast is <laughs> yeah when you crunch the numbers yeah it's <laughs> it's 500 percent um, good you know when people say i'm gonna give 110 percent, we give 500 percent to every podcast episode we do yeah and if you just went now as you're listening to this and gave it a little like it'd be 600 percent or 700 mm, percent mm, or mm. who knows the sky's, sky's the limit i was just about to say the same thing wow Wowie, aren't we good hosts? Aren't we just? Yeah. And um, oh, what a perfect note to end it on. Yeah. Uh, la. La.